Welcome to Oikos. How are y'all doing? Awesome. So we started this new series, I Am Jesus. We talked about the gospel of Mark. And what I wanted you to do is do a daily reading into Mark. Who all did that? Awesome. If you didn't do it, I want to encourage you that you can always start. It's never too late to start. We are only in chapter four. So see, you're only four chapters behind. And the awesome thing about the gospel of Mark, the chapters are short. So you can catch up very quickly because Mark goes very rapidly through the life of Jesus. And so as you read Mark, it's just this intense drama that goes on from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. It's just rapid fire. It hits you very quickly. Today, we're going to look at one section in chapter four, verses one through 20. And it's a parable that some of you have heard before, but I want you to take a new look at it today. It's a parable of the scattered seed, or you could say of the sower, but we're going to look at that today. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him. So he got into a boat, then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. Now, to catch you up from just prior to this, he's just named his disciples. He continues to heal people, and large crowds are pressing in from all areas. He is, by his family's observation, overwhelmed and maybe crazy. From the religious ruler's observation, he's getting his power from Satan. Because they can't imagine that this guy could represent God. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables. Parables, such as this one. Verse 3. Listen. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across the field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. And the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with an underlying rock. The seed sprouted up quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell upon fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60 and even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants the seed by taking God's word to others. 
The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and just take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as been planted. So I think we can hear this story and we can immediately start feeling kind of good about ourselves, right? You're in church. You must be the good soil. So turn to your neighbor and say, awesome, we're good soil. You can say, good job, dude. You can say, you go, girl. You can say whatever you want. You have freedom in Christ. So let's all say it together. It feels good to be good soil. Sometimes it feels so good that we're glad we're not like those people that are the hardened path. We're good soil. We're not the hardened path soil. We can identify those people really quickly. They make different choices. They live life differently, not like us, not at least on the surface, right? Because we make good choices, or at least the ones that we tell people about. Because it feels good to be, come on, it still feels good. It feels good to be good soil. It feels so good that we're glad that we're not like the soil that's shallow. Because we're not shallow. In fact, we're good soil. We have deep roots. We're not fickle. In fact, we tell people that we always believe we never have doubts. We're good soil. So when the hard times come, we just keep on believing. Like journey, right? We have deep roots. We're not like those people that receive it, say they love Jesus, and then end up in rehab or something. Right? We're not like those people that when we don't get what we want, we just quit. Because it feels good to be Still feels good, right? The energy has decreased. Because it feels so good that we're so glad that we're good soil, that we don't get tangled up in those weeds, those thorns of life. We don't get distracted when we're following Jesus. We just follow him 
We see every footprint he leaves, and we just step right into it. Because we're good soil. We're good soil. We're not like those who can't keep God first. Because we're good soil. Because it feels good. That's awesome. (laughs) So if you're like me, I've read this parable several times. And many times what's in my mind is, I'm good soil. I'm good soil. I'm good soil. I'm not like that other, other people. And then I get a little convicted. Then I get a lot convicted. See, the message that Jesus was giving was not to make people say, awesome, we're saved, too bad for everybody else. The message he was giving to his disciples was, there's a reality, a reality that's about to hit you. I've just called you out among the masses. I have just told you that you will go out and preach good news to the people of this world. And guess what? Sometimes when you preach good news, when you give them the words of life, they're going to fully reject it. And guess what? Sometimes when you preach the words of Jesus, some are going to receive it, then they're going to lose it. Guess what? Sometimes you're going to preach it and you're going to think they're walking right there with Jesus. And then they're going to get distracted. You're going to lose them. There's going to be lots of disappointment because three out of the four times that you share Jesus, you may be disappointed. Now, if you've shared Jesus before, this is a reality. Sometimes it makes you say, I don't want to be a sower. Because all I want to do is just sow on good soil. Because that makes me feel good. Makes me feel good when I tell someone about Jesus and they go, awesome. It doesn't make me feel so good when I tell someone about Jesus and they reject it. The disciples would see total rejection. They would see quick reception that would then turn into quick rejection. They would see reception of the message that would get lost in distraction and end up in rejection. And then every once in a while, they would see full acceptance of a message. And that person would have life transformation. And that testimony of that person's life would change the world. It only takes one. And Jesus was asking them, are you the one? Now we could end the message here today. Many of you would be excited because you'd be like, that was the shortest one he's ever preached. But guess what? I had a few more ideas. Because it feels good to be 
That's right. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a deeper look into our own hearts. We're going to, instead of taking a wider view and looking at people and saying, oh, you are, you're the path. But you're good soil. And you're, sorry, you fell among thorns. Rather than looking outward, we're going to ask the Spirit of God to open up our own hearts and start to realize that maybe our heart contains all four. All four soils are in our hearts. It feels good to be good soil, but guess what? I need Jesus because I have hardened soil in my heart. Sometimes my heart is like the path. It's been hardened because I've been hurt. I've been hurt in a, in a deep way. And I've become angry at that person. And that anger has turned into hate. And I can't even imagine forgiving them. And my heart in that area has become so hardened that no matter how much I hear Jesus say, forgive, forgive your enemies, forgive, love your enemies, forgive, it just flicks away from my heart. My heart has become hard. It's like a path. In fact, Zach plays baseball. This is like our thing that we do every spring. And it's been good because we get to interact with families that may be in the church, may be following Jesus, may not be. There's a particular family that is on our baseball team, and she is this very personable, um, she's a fun person. And their son is, he's pretty good. Like sometimes I'm like, man, maybe Zach should hang out with him a little bit more because he could get even better, right? But she has this, you know, fun look on life. And when we were talking to her, we didn't realize. I thought maybe she's a single mom. I thought maybe, you know, who knows? You have no idea what, what's going on in the life of a person. But she just told us right out in front of everybody that she hates her ex-husband And so she sits here, and every game it's this way. You know how long bleachers are? These aren't super huge, but they're longer than this. She sits over here, and her ex-husband sits over here. And they watch their son play, and they don't say one word to each other. Never. He will walk right next, right by her. Not a word. Never. And she openly says, I can't stand him. I hate him. That's an area of our heart that's become hardened. Now, I'm not saying that she has no reason to hate him. I have no idea what happened. But I do know that there's times when I feel the same way about other people. Not about any of you. (laughs) Other, you know, other people. 
where I go, I do not even want to walk past that person. I can find no forgiveness in my heart. But I want us to stop today and ask the Holy Spirit to begin to break up that hardened area of our heart and see if forgiveness can creep in. To take a different path through the field so that that path can be overturned. I want the Holy Spirit to replace that hardened part of me with forgiveness, with faith. Now, there are other parts of my heart, and maybe yours as well, where the soil is, seems good, but it's really shallow. It's when we get really excited about following a certain way or word or work of Jesus. Let me know if you're with me. Are you with me? Okay, you get really excited. Like, you hear this and you're like, that is what I need to do. Or that is who I want to be. And maybe it's that you go, I want to believe that I really am a son or daughter of God. I want to believe that I really do have full access to his kingdom. That's who I want to be. I want to wake up tomorrow and go, I'm not nobody. I'm somebody in the kingdom. And I'm not just somebody. I'm, I'm an heir to the kingdom. He chose me. He chose me to be his son. I want to believe that. And so I want to exhibit it because... I know if I'm a son of the living God, that means maybe I live my life generosity. And so that one time a year, the pastor speaks about being generous. And I, instead of being a hardened path where I just let it flick away, I, it falls on some soil that's good, and I'm excited. I'm going to give all my money away. Well, not really, but I'm going to give something away this year. And I get really excited. And so I leave Sunday and I'm like, yes, I'm going to budget. I've never budgeted before in my life, but I'm going to start today. And I'm going to work it out. So you start working out the numbers. And you're like, did he really say like 10%? Or was he saying like point? Oh, Oh, one percent, something. I, I, maybe I need to ask him. And then you, you look at your calendar and you're like, ah, I got to go to the dentist this week. And the appointment's Monday. So Monday comes and you go to the dentist and you find out, I get to get a root canal. And I don't have any insurance. And as I leave the dentist, my car makes a noise. And that noise is not a good noise. It's not like the kind that I actually put on it to make it sound more manly. It sounds kind of girly. Well, that was sexist, wasn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, I should just stop. It doesn't sound good. 
So I got to go to the shop and get it fixed. And by the time Friday hits, I've just spent $2,000. And my budget is blown. And it's either going to be a big risk that I take to be what I wanted to be on Sunday, or it's not going to happen. And so I go, I'll just postpone it a week, just a week. Before I know it's been a year, and then I hear that freaking message again. And I feel shame. And then it's not even about generosity. Then it's, I start doubting, am I really a son or daughter of God? I can't even do this. Because Satan is trying to rip everything that is possibly good from me. So I want us to stop for a moment and ask for the Holy Spirit to break those rocks up so that our, our soil isn't so shallow, so that our roots can grow deep, so that when we get really excited, we don't get disappointed. When we get really excited, we're willing to take that risk and step out. No matter what the circumstances are, because we believe truly that we're a son or daughter of God, which means his provision is beyond anything that we can try to provide ourselves. We take out a risk to live like a son or daughter of God. Or perhaps your heart has been in the moment where you've got soil, but it's got other stuff going too. There are just so many things out there. Your job is requiring more time. Your kids are more than just baseball. They've got three other activities as well, and you're just running from one place to the next. Maybe it's that you have seen that there are just so many great new shows that have come out on Netflix you got to at least try them. Or maybe you're just like, I just need a few more happy hours with my buddies because it's the way that I keep saying. Or maybe it's, I just have to spend a little bit more time by myself. Or maybe I have to work a little bit more because the bills have been coming in and it's just crazy. Maybe I'm just overwhelmed. And all that stuff about Jesus, I love it. I love the words, the works, and the ways of Jesus. But I'm unbalanced. And so this stuff about Jesus is just going to have to take a back seat until I figure this stuff out. I just don't know how to represent Jesus in the things I'm already involved in. So I'm never on mission. I'm just overwhelmed. 
I don't even know how to spend time with my family. And that is the part of your heart where you begin to say, maybe the Lord is telling me that I need to stop some things. I need the Holy Spirit to come in and weed out some things in my life that are of no significance. And then I need His wisdom to tell me what to start. Because I don't even know how to spend time with the Lord, let alone represent Him. So Lord, tell me what to stop, what I need to stop, and where I need to start. And bring some peace and some balance to me. Because this part of my heart has weeds and thorns. And even though there's a chance for seed to really grow, it doesn't. And I'm not seeing any good fruit. And it's getting frustrating. If you're one of these three soils, or if you've identified one of these three soils, just raise your hand. Because I want to pray for you. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, first off, that we are your people. And it is not about what we do. You tend to our hearts. You know our hearts. You've identified that there is good soil in that heart. It's good soil because you died for us. You've cultivated us. But there's areas of our hearts that lack faith, that are insecure, that are not seeking your approval, but others' approval. There's lust. There's sin. There's all these distractions that keep us from following you. They keep that part of our heart from leaping out, walking on the water, out to you. Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would break up the soil in our hearts today. And though we know that we're going to be dealing with areas of our heart that are shallow or hardened by like a path or they are full of weeds, we know that as a saint and as a sinner, you accept us and you put us on the road map. You put us on the road, on the path to become like you. So as we daily repent, as we daily say, Lord, I'm, I don't like that part. It's not of you. Make it more like you that we would relent and let your spirit work in us. That we would take a risk where you call us out to take a risk. That we would live not in shame, but instead in forgiveness. That you see us as a complete saint, without sin. That you're not holding things against us, that you're not looking for a way to punish us because that occurred on the cross with Jesus. That you are simply inviting us into a life of good soil. 
So clear our hearts, Lord, and give us patience as you tend to our hearts. Because for some of us, it takes time. In fact, for all of us, it takes until your son comes again. So give us patience and help us pray. Jesus, come quickly. Lord, come quickly today. I want us to give thanks as well. Because guess what? It feels good to have good soil. Well, I'm sorry. I messed that up. It feels good to be good soil. See, what happens is that sometimes that's where our mind goes, right? That God doesn't see me as good soil. He only appreciates the part that I think I have. But the reality is, God says, you are my good soil. You are my good soil. So no matter what someone has said against you or about you, God's tending to your soil. But what he sees is good. He doesn't hold your past. He doesn't hold the things you're thinking about doing in the future that are not of him. He just sees good soil. God is working. God is working, right? He's working on us because he thinks we're worth it. Because we're good soil. And we're about the business of inviting others to let God make them good soil too. And it's not that they become this awesome person that's shallow and everybody thinks that they're a great person, but underneath they're not. That's kind of how Christians are portrayed today, right? Because that's what we do, right? That's not what a Christian is. A Christian is someone who says, I'm freaking messed up. And I need a Savior. And there's only one guy for that, and that's Jesus. And that's why I'm good soil. Not because of all the things I do. But once I know that I'm good soil, man, I can... God does great things in me. So give thanks for those good things. Don't go out of this place going... It's useless. I'm just the shallow soil. That's what I am. It's useless. I've got too many weeds for him to pull out. It's useless. I'm a hardened path. No, God sees each and every one of you. I know he has. He's already used you. He's already planted things in your soil. And there has bore fruit within people, throughout people, in your own life. Start thinking of those things that you can give thanks for. Maybe it's that you have seen something incredible happen in the life of your friend. And it was simply because, not that you prayed out loud with them, you just prayed for them. Or maybe you prayed with someone and they walked away and said, you came at the right time. 
thank you. Maybe you wrote a note to someone and you didn't even know who they were. If you didn't know we lost someone a couple weeks ago, Walter would come through Oikos. He's a member at Emmanuel, Suzanne's dad. But he would come in. He's in a wheelchair. Some of you probably, this is coming back to you and you're remembering who he was. But he would write notes on cards. And he would give them to me and other pastors as well to pass out to people who were sick or couldn't get out of their house or just sad, just needed some encouragement from God's word. Guess what? Walter had good soil, but I can also guarantee you that Walter had some areas that were hardened paths. Walter had some areas that were weedy. Walter had some areas that God hadn't restored completely yet. But we can walk in the witness and testimony of Walter and say, if all I do is just say, Lord, use me today, he will do something incredible with you. You will represent him because that's who we are. We are his children. We are his family. And so no matter what activity you're involved in, no matter what you decide to do today or this week, no matter what thing you're excited about to do for Jesus, ask the Spirit to help you follow through. And then help, ask the Spirit to help remind you of what He's already done in you and through you. Don't let Satan take away your joy. Your good soil. Because it feels good. Amen. At this time, we're going to continue to worship, and I'm going to encourage what people in the different areas of the church just to be praying for you as you are willing to be prayed for. So if there's an area where you go, you know what? There's an area that I just need cultivated in my life. And I want to seek Jesus for that because I can't do it. We want to pray for you. So at this time, let's continue to worship the Lord, not only by our thoughts, but also by our actions as we try to follow the ways and the works and the words of Jesus.